Hello, good morning. This is Rick Penny, and I'm bringing you today's word for July 23rd, 2021. July 23rd, 2021. It's a Friday. I love closing out the week strong. I love heading into the weekend strong. I am super duper excited. And uh, before I get into the message, let me just say this. Sunday is my birthday. So Sunday, July 25th, I'm going to be in the Dominican Republic and I'm preaching on my birthday. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to preach in Spanish and then we're going to go celebrate my birthday in the afternoon. Uh, but some people may say, hey, Rick, can I do something for your birthday? Yeah, you can. This is what you can do for my birthday. If you want to do something for me, do something for the ministry. So while we're in the Dominican Republic, you know, we do a back to school drive every year. And so those of you that got the email, you should have got the email already. Uh, but if you don't know, let me just tell you right now. Every year we give away backpacks. Every backpack has two notebooks. Uh, pencils, pens, uh, uh, eraser, um, pencil sharpener, all that kind of stuff. And so we do this, Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries, we do this in the Dominican Republic. We give backpacks to the kids that we support, obviously our kids that are in our school, but then we give out to other kids as well. Hundreds of children are going to receive backpacks. And so this is a blessed opportunity. I know in the U.S. we don't think much about backpacks uh, because, you know, a lot of us, thankfully, are not in a situation where we have to give that a lot of thought. But there are some parents that struggle that don't have the finances or the resources to be able to do that. And that's where you come in. You could be a blessing. And so we're going to do this. If you want to be, it's a blessed project. So if you want to get in on it, you want to get in on this blessing, go to ripministries.org, click on the donate button. There's a drop down that will come down and click on back to school drive. I made sure it was the top one. Back to school drive 2021. Make a donation. All the donations are in the United States or so tax deductible. All right, you got it? All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Listen, we've been teaching this series. I've been teaching brand new series this week entitled, You Are Not a Mistake. I'm, I'm so excited about the message I'm about to give you. Look at me. I want you to know that you are not a mistake. <music> said, let's get into the word, right? So you are not a mistake. Uh, we've been looking at the life of, or really the call of the prophet uh, Jeremiah. And so we're going to go back to that again today, Jeremiah chapter one, verses nine, uh, five through nine. And the title of today's message is God prepared for your arrival on this planet. God prepared for your arrival on this planet. Let's, let's talk about it. So in Jeremiah chapter one, verses five through nine, the Bible says, before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. I, I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. And we dealt with all of that yesterday. Then I said, this is what Jeremiah said. Well, Lord, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak. I, I'm too young. And the Lord said, don't say that. Don't say I'm a youth. Don't say I'm too young. Listen, you need to go where I'm sending you. You need to say what I'm telling you to say. Don't be afraid of their faces. I'm going to be with you. I will deliver you. I'll be with you every step of the way. And then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and he put his words in my mouth. And so what does this mean for you today? I have a lot to share from that. Matter of fact, I thought I was going to deal with all of that today, but the Lord took me another way. So a lot of this like verse nine, verse eight, I'm going to deal with on Monday. But what does this mean for you today, this Friday, as we close out the week strong, head into the weekend strong? I have three things to share with you in this morning. Uh, let me just check. I think it's three things. Yeah. So um, I have three things to share with you. So as I get into these three things, this is where I, I need you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractors. Three things. Lock in. Number one. Here we go. You ready? 
All right, here we go. Number one, faith is accepting and aligning with God's plans for your life. Faith is about you accepting and then coming in alignment with God's plans for your life. Now, this is a, a quick faith refresher, but we all need a refresher from time to time. For those of you that have been listening to me for a long time, a lot of this is going to sound familiar, but if you're new, then you may not understand the concept of faith. Some people think that faith is, I come up with something, I want it, I believe it, I decree it, I declare it, I add in Jesus' name to it, I grab two or three scriptures and say in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every thought be established and God has to give it to me because I release my faith. And so they think that faith is me telling God what to do. <laughs> uh, newsflash, you can't tell God what to do, he's God. That would be like the tail wagging the dog. So faith is not about you convincing God to agree with your plans. Faith is what happens to you when God convinces you. Faith is what happens when God convinces you of the plans that he already made for you from the foundations of the world. Jeremiah didn't come up with the idea to be a prophet. Come on, he didn't even want to be a prophet. And so Jeremiah was like, no, man, I'm too young. I don't know. I, I'm afraid of people talking to people. I'm not, I'm not God. So what happened was, God, I, I don't really like talking to people. I, I'm not, you know, public speaking is not my thing. He tried to come up with all these excuses. And that's how it is a lot of times when, when God reveals his call to us. We try to tell God why we can't do it, like as if God doesn't already know that he put his super on our natural. And so if it, if it were up to Jeremiah, he wouldn't have been a, been a prophet. He would have done something else. But God revealed to Jeremiah, no, I ordained you to be a prophet. I set you apart to be a prophet. I ordained you before the world began. And so now faith for Jeremiah meant accepting the fact that God called me to be a prophet, accepting the fact that I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get it done, accepting the fact that I don't even have the words, but if I open my mouth, I guess God is going to fill it. I'll provide the voice and he will provide the words. And he reached out, mm, put his words in my mouth. Glory to God. Faith is me accepting and aligning with those plans. When your confidence is in God, God and what he already planned for you from the foundations of the world. Faith is like, you know what? God is leading me to do this. I was minding my own business when you told me to do it, God. So I'm going to do it. Now you got to bless it because you told me to do it. I don't, I don't even want to do this thing. Honestly, this is not my thing. This is not my jam, but you lead him. You're leading me to do this. So I'm going to do it. And so now when I'm doing it, I'm not relying on human ability. I'm not relying on me trying to make everything happen. I'm not relying on me trying to earn everything by the sweat of my brow. No, I'm, I'm relying on God and his grace. I'm like, yo, God, you want me to do this? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it by faith, even at the risk of looking foolish, but my confidence is in you. And when your confidence is in God, it takes the pressure off of you. I have no pressure to perform. You're not living performance-based religion. You're living a relationship with God and you're doing whatever he leads you to do. And now you're resting because you're not pursuing your will. You're resting because you know you didn't come up with the idea. You're resting because you know this is God's idea that he came up with before the foundations of the world. So when you live your life based on God's confidence, confidence in God and what he planned, not what you planned, my life is not about me, it's all about him, then I don't have to rely on my ability to perform. I, I, I don't have to rely on me making anything happen. I have to believe that God already made it happen before the world began. So Jeremiah, ultimately walked in his purpose and he became a prophet. And so how did he become a prophet? Because he just said, yes, faith says yes to God. Faith says yes to God's grace. Faith believes what God believes about you. Faith is fully persuaded. I am fully persuaded that if God leads me to do something, he has to get it done. Like for example, I'll give you an example with the backpacks. God tells us to do this. Okay, cool. We're going to do it. 
God has to provide the money. It's his, it's his ministry. It's his people. It's his, none of this is, me and Isabella have zero concern. Like, like God tells us to build a school. God has to provide the money. You think I'm going to stay up? Where's the money coming from? No. The price of everything in the Dominican Republic with the construction went up from 70% to 100%. Everything went up. And the guy overseeing the project was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. The price of everything. I was like, okay, cool. I'm not sweating it. God already knew the price was going to go up. This is not my project. This is God's project. If it's his will, it's his bill. If it's his vision, he has to get the provision. Like, I mean, like, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. And so, so God, you already knew that this was going to happen. So you have, now you leave me. If you need me to do something, fine. If you need me to talk to somebody, fine. If you need me to do a video and say, hey guys, donate, then fine. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I ain't sweating it because it's all about God. It's not about me. Say amen to that. Number two, God is looking for you to believe what he believes about you. I like to teach by both precept and example. And so now let me give you some, some examples. Let's just talk about people like real examples so that you can get this down in your heart, right? I've been talking about Jeremiah, but I'm gonna give you some other examples. Let's talk about Abraham first. So Abraham was an idol worshiper, right? He, he was an idol worshiper. He did nothing to earn or to deserve the call. He was 75 years old. His wife was 65 years old and they worshiped idols. That's all we know. They were in Ur of the Chaldeans. God shows up. God says, hey, Abram, uh, uh, guess what? Uh, I'm a God that you cannot see. I'm going to bless you in a way that you can't see. I'm going to bless you. I have decided to bless you. I have chosen you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless all the families of the earth through you. I need you to leave everything that you know. Leave your family. Go to a place that I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you. Whose idea was it? God's idea. Did Abraham come up with it? No. He would have never came up with that in a hundred years. And so he was minding his own business. God was saying, now you go, go do what I'm leading you to do. And so all Abraham had to do was believe what God believed about him. You want me, you're going to make me, God, I, I know you already know this, but I'm 75. My wife is 65. We don't have no kids and I'm going to be a father of many nations. Okay. I'll believe what you believe about me. This is all God, not Abraham at all. Say amen to that. All right. David, David was a shepherd boy minding his own business out in the field, watching his father's sheep. A prophet shows up at David's house. The prophet sell, says to David's father, line up all your boys. They didn't think they didn't even put him in the lineup. They thought so little of David that they didn't even put him in the lineup. I, he was the, he was eight of eight, number eight of eight boys. And the, his father didn't put him in the lineup and not one of his brothers. Like it, it's almost like he didn't have a friend in the camp. One of the boys could have been like, excuse me, daddy. I know he ain't going to get picked, can, but can we at least go get David out the field? Nobody got him. And until the prophet was like, do you have any other boys? And so, so listen, he was minding his own business. When one of his brothers comes and says, Hey man, uh, there's some dude at the house. You need to come. And he walks into the house and the boom, and the prophet is there and boom. The prophet anoints him to be the next king of Israel. Never in a hundred years would have David ever thought that he was going to be a king. He was a shepherd boy. He was eight of eight boys. He was number eight. He was not. Listen, this was God's idea. You have to believe what God believes about you. David had to get to the point where he believed what God believed about him. This is something that God planned from the foundations of the world. Joseph. Now, Joseph is number 11 of 12 boys. David was eight of eight. Joseph is 11 of 12. Back then, if you're number 11 of 12 boys, 
things are not looking good for you. Like, like the way that the, the whole system was set up of the blessing, mm -mm. the blessing went to the, the firstborn and then the other things trickle down. So he's 11 of 12. Things are not really looking good for him. And then God gives him a dream. And God says, no, no, I'm giving you a dream. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to use you. Watch this. All your other brothers are going to have to bow down to you. As a matter of fact, your mother and your father will bow down to you. I'm going to use you to be a blessing to your family. I'm going to use you to be a blessing to your whole nation. I'm going to raise you up. And, and so, yeah, he didn't know. He had to believe what God believed about him. He didn't know he was going to have to go through a pit phase and a Potiphar phase and a prison phase before he got to the palace phase. But God's hand was on his life the whole time. Did Joseph come up with this idea? Heck no. This was God. He got promoted from prisoner to prime minister in one day. <laughs> and, and so that was God. That was all God. And Joseph had to believe what God believed about him. Okay, Gideon. Gideon was a scared farmer. God says to Gideon, hey, listen, I'm, I'm calling you to be a mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon was like, no, no, mighty man of valor. That's, mm, I, don't, I don't know about that. I think you got the wrong dude. And so, so he was like, I don't know if you know this, but my tribe is, the, is, is like the least of all the tribes in Israel. And then, and then of all the men in my tribe, I'm like the least of all the men. I'm the weakest man from the weakest clan. And God was like, no, no, no. I can take a coward and make him a champion. No, I need you to say what I say. I need you to believe what I believe. I need you to be to see yourself as a mighty man of valor. And then Gideon led one of the greatest, most lopsided revolutions that there's ever been. And he did it because he believed what God believed about him. This was God's story, not Gideon's story. And it was written before the world began. Simon, Simon the fisherman. Here you got Simon. Simon is fishing. He's running his fishing business, minding his own business. Everybody knows him as Simon the fisherman. He got a fishing business. He was out there fishing. He used nets to fish. So when you use nets, you got to fish at night because if you fish during the day with nets, then the fish could see the nets and they'll swim around it. So he's out there all night. He worked with the sweat of his brow. He caught nothing. He caught nothing that night. His yield was zero. This man walks up. His name is Jesus. The, the man says, excuse me, Mr. Fisherman. I'm the preacher, man. You're the fisherman. Can I use your boat? He was like, sure, you can use my boat. I, I need it for the ministry. And so he sold from his fishing business into Jesus's ministry. He gave him his time, his talent, his treasure. Jesus preached. And then since, since Peter, the fisherman had sold a seed into Jesus's ministry, Jesus said, now, since you sold from your fishing business, you're going to reap from your fishing business. And he got a net breaking boat sinking load of fish. This was the, the greatest load of fish that he had ever seen in his life. He got a net breaking, boat sinking load of fish. And then he fell down on his knees and, and he was like, oh my God. And Jesus said, well, if you follow me, follow me and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. In the New Testament, well, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was the one. So God took him from Simon the fisherman to Peter, the apostle, and Peter preached the first sermon and 3000 souls were added unto the church and the new Testament was born. And Peter was still preaching about him today, but it was God's idea. He was a fisherman minding his own business. This was all God, not Peter. Say amen to that. All right. Paul. Paul was Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was being groomed to be part of the Jewish religious elite. He studied under Gamaliel. This was the best teacher of the law. He was being prepared. He was too young to kill Stephen himself. So he held the coats of the men that were there while they stoned Stephen, the first Christian martyr. When he was old enough, he took it upon himself to persecute Christians. He had Christians killed. He had Christians burned alive. 
alive. He had Christians burnt at the stake, all of this stuff. And he's overseeing all of the persecution against the cause of Christ. And then God calls him and takes him from Saul of Tarsus to the apostle Paul. God called the murderer to lead the revolution. And he went on four missionary journeys and he wrote half the new Testament and he was no longer Saul of Tarsus. And he became the apostle Paul. This was God's idea. This was God. He had to believe what God believed about him. And this leads me to Jeremiah. Listen, Jeremiah was minding his own business. He was like, I'm too young. I can't speak. I don't know about all that. I'm afraid of people. Public speaking is not my thing. How you want me to be a prophet? I can't do all of that. Listen, listen, you got to believe what God believes about you. God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. God prepared for your arrival on this planet. God knows what he knows and he gets you. He wants you to know what he knows and he wants you to believe what, you, what he believes about you. He's trying to get you to the point where you look in the mirror and say, I believe what God believes about me. I can, I am who God says I am. I, I can do what God says I can do. I, I will go where God leads me to go. Uh, uh, God made plans for me. And so I don't know how this, how it's going to get done. But if God said it, I believe it. I, I believe and I receive it. I'm going to decree it. And I'm going to declare what God has already spoken over my life. I'm going to say what God said until I see what God said. And so my life, the life of faith is not me convincing God. The life of faith is what happens when God convinces you. When you are fully persuaded that, that God is leading you to do something and you don't even know how it's going to get done, but you're doing it because you believe God is leading you to do it, say amen to that. Number three, and finally, last one for today, you will get frustrated. Look at me, look at me. You will get frustrated if you pursue the wrong thing. You will get frustrated if you pursue the wrong thing. Listen, Abraham, David, Joseph, Gideon, Peter, Paul, and Jeremiah, all these people we just looked at. In every case, there was a man who was living one way. God revealed something to him. God convinced them, and then they started living another way. In every case, it was not, they didn't come up with the idea. It was not them. They just had to muster up the courage to believe what God believed about them. And once they believed it, then they were able to change the world. Listen, God, like them, God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. And if you believe those plans, you'll be able to change the world. God will use you for his glory. Jeremiah tried to come up with excuses. He was like, well, I'm too young. I'm afraid. I can't do this. I can't do that. And and God was like, no, Jeremiah, my plans for you are already set. I'm not going to change the plans. I need you to believe the plans. I need you to believe what I believe about you. And when you believe that, you will become who I called you to be. And so what was true for Jeremiah is true for you and I. So let me close with this for the week. Look at me. God already set up your success. God already stored up everything that you would ever need to accomplish his divine purpose for your life. Remember for Jeremiah, it was like, well, what do you need? You need words to be a prophet. Okay, let me reach down and put, I'll put my words in your mouth. Why? Because you need words. You, maybe you say, well, I'm not a prophet, Rick. I don't need words. I need a building. <laughs> I need a building to, 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 for this church. Okay, then God will give you a building if God led you to do it. Well, well, in my case, uh, what I need is I need money for this bit. Well, God will give you the money. In my case, what I need, listen, stop telling me what you need. You, what you need is to believe. If you believe God, everything you need is already stored up for you. But here's the problem. What if you pursue something else? What if Jeremiah would have pursued something else? 
What if Abraham would have pursued something else? What if David would have pursued something else? What if Peter would have pursued something else? Well, when you pursue something else, when you pursue something that God didn't plan for you to have from the foundations of the world, now you're going to make a demand on God for something that's not yours, and then you're going to get frustrated. Frustration sets in when I'm trying to release my faith for something, and it feels like God is not answering my prayers, and it feels like God is ignoring me. It's not that he's ignoring you. It's that you're out of alignment. You got to get, a, there has to be a, a human alignment with your divine assignment. If you're asking God for something that's not yours, he's not obligated to give it to you. Listen, God already prepared for your success. Everything that you need for your divine assignment is already stored up. But when you're not aligned, then now you're going to be asking for stuff that's not yours. When you're not aligned, you're going to be asking for stuff and God won't give it to you. James said that you ask and you don't receive because you, you ask amiss. You're asking not in alignment. You're asking for things that are not yours. And now you're resigned to living your life as a mere human. And now you got to try to go make it happen. And listen, I don't know about you. I tried that whole make it happen stuff. I've been working since I was 13. Isabella has been working since she was like six or seven. I know what it's like to try to go make it happen. Okay. I don't, I, I'm not afraid of work. I'm Dominican, dude. I, I mean, I don't have no problem working, but it's a lot better when you work God's way. When, when you're working, not for grace, but you, when you're working by grace, I still get up early. I still go to sleep late. I still do a lot every day, but it's not me doing it. First Corinthians 15 to 10 is the grace of God. And so now since I'm pursuing God's things, God's way, God convinces me now, whew, it's a completely different way to live. I, I have no pressure. Uh, there's no pressure on me to perform. I don't have to make anything happen. I know God already made it happen from the foundations of the world. My job is now is to is just to receive what God already provided and then to pursue it by faith. And I know that it's only a matter of time before I see in my hands what God revealed in my heart. This is the life of faith. I hope that this is helping you understand what faith looks like. Faith is not me trying to come up with something and put it on my fridge and I decree and I declare God, God to give it to me. No, God don't have to do nothing. God is God. <laughs> what you have to do is align with God and find out what he already planned so you can go become that. And then if you do that, you will live an amazing life. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I'm going to release you into the weekend with this declaration. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season. Man, this is good, by the way. Say, this is a season of leveling up for me. I level up by making a human alignment with my divine assignment. You made plans for me before the world began. You reveal those plans to me by your spirit. I believe what you believe about me, no matter how impossible it seems. I deploy into my purpose, pursuing it by faith, fully believing that everything I need is already stored up for me. I refuse to rely on human power and ability. I don't have to make anything happen. I'm not a self-made man. I'm a God-made man. You bless me by grace. You prepared for my success. I become what you planned. I am whom you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. And my life is all about you. This is why I keep declaring, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, Go to today's word. Don't you want my notes? Go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button on the top right corner. Click on it. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing weekend. Go into this. Make a donation to the backpack <laughs> uh, uh, school supplies. 
Uh, go to ripministries.org to do that. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing weekend. I'll see you on Monday from the Dominican Republic. God bless you.